Beardy and the Beast, The Second Wall. This is placeholder intro song. Welcome to The Second Wall, a binge-free zone where we look at a series and discuss in small chunks, similar to water cooler conversations of old. We can be found on most podcast and social media platforms, full list of which can be found at beardyandthebeast.com. Today, we will be finishing our discussion on Carolyn Tuesday. As this is the end of the series, all bets are off on spoilers. With me, of course, is fellow artist Drew. Pow, pow. So, Drew, we made it to the end. And it, it became a bit of a slog at the end there. It wasn't for the Angela arc over the last six episodes. I probably would have just put it away, to be honest. Uh, That's fair. Yeah, I. Yeah, in the end, I think the the Angela arc saved it for me. Yeah, uh, it was definitely just kind of going off the rails. It definitely was uh, counting its sharks before they were jumped, and then <laughs> like at least tried to pull something together in the end. Yeah. Um... Overall, like we'll go into a bit of the episode discussion and such first, but I know overall, I like how season one was presented more, mm. but I really like the Angela story in season two or part two. So it I definitely saved it. I, I agree with that uh, analysis of it completely. So where, where shall we start then? Shall we start with kind of a breakdown of these episodes, I suppose, hey? Yeah, a bit of a breakdown. Um, I don't feel there was enough going on that we could break it down like we did last episode where we took mm. the big story arcs. So and I guess we could probably discuss just the Angela bits a bit separate from the rest of it. Because she has such a contained arc. Mm-hmm. I guess episode 22 um we're looking at <clears throat> um the actual like grammy performances and preparing for that and i was actually really surprised that the grammy per performances were in uh 22 mm. i thought they would be like in 23 or um the beginning of 24 mm. so they kind of were pushed right ahead in relation to the Angela storyline, it was they were exactly where they needed to be. Yeah. But I mean I guess they did prepare us for them, but they but the Grammys just it felt like it came out of nowhere. They de they definitely had the lead up to them. We knew they were coming and it was from an episode or two beforehand, but it just yeah. seemed uh story progression wise just like bam in your face. Hmm. Well I guess there's a lot of it could be, what can you really do around that? I mean, you could have, like, episodes of them preparing for it, mm -hmm. or or kind of combine into one. I mean, one thing the series has done, for the most part, is keep things condensed. Mm -hmm. So I think it actually would have felt out of place if they took too long to do it, once they introduced the idea. Mm -hmm. um, I think... Um, I really liked, uh, I kind of like, I like watching the girls work. 
in whichever whatever it is they're working on be it trying to make sure they've got the song perfect for their idol crystal to have it especially when they know crystal is very picky about doing these performances this is just kind of it actually went um a different a different way than i had expected it looked like they were trying to stick to like an already established format uh like they had words up on the wall and they were trying to plan it out and were having a lot of difficulty doing so yeah. I'm, I'm really surprised that it didn't end up going the way of you know them just tearing those off off of the wall and then going with something more natural and more inspired like their other tracks had been um, so i think you gotta remember this is the same song they did in the church scene mm. Right. So, so the church scene was kind of their, their teaser of it. And this was the, them completing it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably why it, we didn't see that. Um, Cause it was a concept. It was just, I think a lot of their stress came from the fact that they're doing it with crystal. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I, yeah. I had forgotten that connection to the one in the church. I thought I thought it was a newly structured song. No, wasn't the one in the church for the ending of their album? Yep. So then that song was the same. Yeah, okay. it's the same song. Yeah. Um, all I know is that when they performed it, uh, my my response was, uh, after the fire, underwhelming. I thought it was uninspired, underwhelming. I wasn't entertained by it. It didn't seem to have the girls like natural flair. I mean, I could easily have been tainted by how I viewed the way that they were writing the song, but I just like it didn't seem to like resound within their souls the same way the other tracks did. I almost wonder if that's a presentation thing, because again, after the fire is the song they did in the church as well. Yeah. Where it didn't have that effect right so i mean just the this is done different this is it's like a toned down version of the over the top stuff they were trying to do for mm. sedona right so it's still a little bit more spectacle they're also really for the first time working with another artist which changes the dynamic i mean pretty sure this is the only time we see like the first time we see them perform without their instruments they're literally just singing so it's a back backing track and and such like that too so that could be part of it um i like that song actually it's the i mean maybe it's a bit on the nose i can see where you're coming from that but it's just the the moving on um even through struggles is a big message of that song um and that resonates with me. I like that. And like as Crystal says, it's like she can see the she can see that light shining. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's what they're. I think it's shown through that song, though probably not as well as it was done in the church version. I I did I did like how uh, the comedian pointed out 
uh, Steve Aoki. Mm. I'm like, I recognize that guy. Like, <laughs> but how, how is he still so young and on Mars? <laughs> He's gone back in time. And to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was really... That was really fun. I, I liked I liked the comedian because the jokes were like super corny. Oh yeah, like <laughs> it definitely seemed to be uh, more of like a Japanese take on a uh, American comedian. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's let's see. Yeah, I know. I really enjoyed that. Um, just kind of organizing my notes a little bit here, because uh, again, I don't want to go into Angela too much yet. Yeah, well, let's um, well let's let's kind of talk about uh, Carol on Tuesday and their arc, and then we'll uh, just break down Angela after. Yeah. One thing I noticed um, with Carolyn Tuesday, um, the the their birthdays, mm. actually, like the final episodes for each, were on their birthday. Okay. Right, and you had the same thing. Them both kind of going, okay. Well, I need to get them something. Mm -hmm. You know, each getting them basically an ornament of their instrument. Um. Yeah, because it was a pin. A pin and a snow globe? Yeah. And I'm it's pretty sure they just lined up. <laughs> they have an adorable friendship, for sure. They really do. Even if like, they're being like, super nervous before midnight, it's just sing <laughs> happy birthday to her. It was adorable. Yeah, it was like... I didn't know what to expect there, because it was like... Wait, what is she doing? And how Carol, like, immediately knew. It's like, why are you acting so weird? Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, completely slipped my mind that that was the thing that was happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. That little character moment. Little things that I think were important during the Grammys itself. Um they were actually seated right next to Angela and Tao and them, mm -hmm. but but didn't seem to immediately notice that she wasn't there. But I mean, that's a lot of stuff happening around that too. Well, and... I mean, they they also may have assumed that they were preparing for the performance, so they'd be backstage. That's true, and I guess they knew Tao wasn't there, mm -hmm. right? So, well, I guess they knew everything was going on, so I guess it wasn't that out of place. Um, I really liked Gus's concern when he realized what was happening. Seemed misplaced to me. Um, I like, I know he is probably one of the most caring individuals in the show, but again, he doesn't, he's, he's spoken to say Dahlia even l less than, uh, Carol Tuesday have spoken to Angela. So his his reaction to like Dahlia's condition 
and then subsequent um, passing just did not make sense to me. I disagree. I actually think they talked more. Gus and Dahlia have talked more than Angela and Carolyn Tuesday have. I suppose, but like... But it's a rivalry thing again, right? They're just proxy rivals. It's not like they didn't dislike... He didn't dislike her, but, you know, you have to boast your... Your, uh... People you're managing. Yeah, but... The, I took that? The, the way that he reacted, and then, like, even... Uh, visiting uh, Dahlia's grave in the end. Just, like... It didn't seem to make sense with the character progression. See... Seemed out of place to me. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't find it that out of place, but I can see where you're coming from with that. Yeah, it's just like you 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 interact with someone four or five times, and then yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to say because they're kind of they've been loose with Gus throughout the entire season. They seem to have a, a different kind of projection the way that he was going and then kind of shifted. Um, like he seemed like earnest and capable, just a drunkard. And then they switched to to him overall just being a someone unreliable. And then into some type of parental figure. And then in the end, uh, to someone who can provide. Like, just... I don't know if I could attribute it to growth, but I I think he was probably the least well-written primary character. Okay. Which is funny because, like, he has the greatest amount of associations with the people in the periphery. Like, He's not the linchpin, but he has more connections of that web to all the other characters in the show than most anyone else. So, yeah. Here's a, here's a theory on that, then. Like, talking, talking about the character side of that. So, you're right. Starts off capable of drunk, but he also really hadn't found anyone since Flora. Mm-hmm. So even though he's got these connections, he's trying to pull these connections, but they don't have the same faith in him anymore because he hasn't done anything since Flora. Mm. Right? So he keeps missing the mark, which makes him a little bit bumbly. Then as people are starting to recognize, oh, no, he actually, these girls are something. Mm-hmm. He's able to bring his contacts back in properly and actually make use of them. Because the girls has given the rest of the industry the confidence. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense. I just, I think overall, he's yeah. probably like the wor- the worst written character out of like the bunch of primaries. Yeah. I did. I was kind of hoping when they were trying to do their uh, celebrities are out of touch, we are the world thing. Uh in the in the kind of like preview for the next episode, I think it was, uh, they showed Gus talking 
or it might have been like the montage mm. of like him pulling in contacts or whatever but him talking to people of relative like his age and style so i was kind of hoping that they'd pull in his band even though i realized after that i think his band is on earth still because he came to mars himself so his band no his band was hefner the record exec oh and the makeup artist they were the band yes i did not get that, that was from the show at all you know that was their contact that that was how they were those three were connected ah okay i learned a thing <laughs> i i swear though i remember him saying that during the flora episode it might have been him just being like it might have been before that early, early early season one it might it might be a continuity error thing mm. but i could have swore that he said yeah. uh like left his band left earth came to mars Possible I'm misremembering. I know I'm pretty sure that she was part of the band. I'm pretty sure at the very least uh, the makeup artist was part of the band. I mean, you're probably right. Yeah. But th this is like out of nowhere info for me. So I either missed it completely <laughs> or it's something that was like said afterwards that you might have mm. read or something. Possibly. Uh, so I guess mm. that... That kind of culminates like they they start getting getting concerned about censorship, um, and Skip being arrested by uh, current President Hamilton's um, police officers. Yep. Um, which I realized afterwards, again, present current President Hamilton um, and his policies were the ones. Who would have arrested and deported Ezekiel? Mm -hmm. um, so I'm wondering. So they they bring in their like we are the world we're all we're all one thing to release on New Year's. It gets it gets muddy on this part, and I'm sure I'll rant about it a bit later. But I did, I did enjoy the gathering of artists. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I thought it was fun. Especially, you know, seeing people come out of the woodwork. Yeah. Uh, I, I really, I was happy to see uh, Desmond again. And, of course, uh, GGK and... Uh, pow, pow. Pow, pow. <laughs> Piotr. <laughs> the losers <laughs> pow pow indeed which I, I gotta say I thought I laughed so hard when they were singing this super like honest I wasn't convinced by this song either but uh, it was supposed to be like this togetherness and heartfelt thing and everyone's like just kind of grooving and then, then you see him, and he's like pop dancing while singing this uh, super slow tune. And yeah. I'm like, that's his character for sure. 
but <laughs> I I did like to see some some wrap up and some things from from those side characters. Yeah, mind you, having random. What was his name? Lonely Bill, Lonely John, one of the other losers. Of Lonely Car- Clarence. Lonesome Clarence. I Lonesome Clarence. Yeah. Uh, just out of nowhere, and then he was like. I know I'm kind of old, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, I like him. And they start singing and everyone's like, wait a minute. Because <laughs> first time anyone's heard him sing, apparently. Well, it's the first time we've heard him sing. Yeah. But, but we knew he should be good because, you know, he was nominated as one of the best new artists as well. So mm-hmm. um, I like seeing like um, the... um violinist <laughs> coming yeah. back and playing and... the one that like super intimidated carol on tuesday back in one of the best episodes yep uh, it would have been so good if if skip had been there too mm. Mm. love me some skip yeah but my boy desmond showed up so yeah. and laura still got it yeah i love Gus's reaction to seeing Flora sing again. Oh yeah, it just completely lights up and like, oh. Um, I mean, we did at least get Skip playing some air guitar. I did like, I did like the air guitar, for yeah. sure. Um, I think, yeah, it was really nice. The gathering of artists. I agree. It was, it was a fun scene. Like, just. Lots of lots of heartfelt aspects. Um, we see again throughout these episodes just Carolyn Tuesday's ability to like something that they talk about, like just that kind of healing presence almost that they have. Mm. Right. Um, I mean, we literally see we see it with Desmond. We see it with Angela. Like they, I don't know, they inspire. They, they make people want to not give up. Like what Desmond says, like, well, I heard this. I'm like, well, I can't die yet. <laughs> it was essentially what he said, right? <laughs> I, I, I did really like that kind of response. Like it was cheesy AF, but yeah, <laughs> for, for just that, that scene with the robots, like they invited you and I'll be, be here. And and the eyes open. Yeah. <laughs> nope, can't die yet. Yep. <laughs> Let's go, robot. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, I mean, uh, it's it's sad that they didn't get the most talented uh, artist from the permanent tournament arc. A Mars singer? <laughs> <laughs> They didn't invite Idea to come sing. Or the rockers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the the rapper. Oh, the... He wasn't authentic enough. That's true. <laughs> um, though, the um, the granny should have been there. The, the one who sang the song that her mother used to sing to her. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was, I was thinking about the two old rockers. Oh, yeah. No, they should have been there, too. That, that would have been fun. 
They said oh, just mm -hmm. like some random people with random hair colors. It would have been nice yeah. to have everyone. But, I mean, I guess they did want to show some star power, finger quotations, uh, related to it. So just inviting a bunch of contestants from a show probably. Granted, they did say they invited everyone they knew. But that could be a big thing, too. Like, they might not have actually known a lot of the others. Mm. Right? They're people in the industry. It doesn't mean they're people they knew. Um, like, I mean, they're like, oh, but like, Carol's just like, oh, yeah, we're going to invite everyone we know, too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're all in this room. Yeah. <laughs> I know this journalist. His name is. Oh, wait, he's sitting right there with his shoes <laughs> on the couch, by the way. <laughs> I noticed that. Um, and it's like seeing um, just the variant Artigan's, you know, basic complete approval of Carolyn Tuesday now. Uh, just such a, just watching that change. Um, well, I don't think he ever didn't not approve. He gives him the time now, I guess. Is the... That's that is <laughs> like, a very accurate description, right? And I mean, you're gonna remember this, like when he was the judge, he was just shocked that they were even there, and... <laughs> <laughs> right? So, yeah, I guess. Can, do we want to talk about a little bit about Tao before we go into Angela? Or do you have other directions you want to go first? No, I think we should just get right into my girl Angela's story. Alright. Which is, which is funny because uh, I did not care for her especially much in the first season. Yeah. Whereas I preferred the first season more. However, uh, this one I actually felt like connected to her. Like I could see and feel her emotions. Mm. But I didn't really like the season as a whole. Yeah. So it was it just a interesting comparison. Mm. And boy, howdy. The, oh. the destruction <laughs> of a girl. Like they they were definitely alluding to her being hopped up on Xanax and fentanyl. Just like super <laughs> drug induced, like no life in her eyes, just moving like a doll. Mm. And yeah, I was sitting there like I was teary eyed and I'm like, she needs someone. Like, she can't be alone right now, and yeah. Tao's not responding. Mind you, Tao is also doing something very important, but mm -hmm. uh, I was still going, like, what are you doing, Tao? The hell are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's got to be a tough choice. You know, it's like, knowing how important that is, and also someone that, believe it or not, like, Tao actually does care about people. <laughs> it's like, did to have to have that choice and I, mean, I get why he didn't respond and you got to give him mad props for showing up even though like 
knows is going to be like arrested on site if anyone mm. catches him, but still making that effort to go to go out there. But I think we're jumping ahead just a little bit. I mean, let's yeah. just well, start I mean, with the, her, her performance. Per, yeah, her performance at the Grammys. Like it seemed. It didn't seem moving. Like the song itself seemed like a call for help and like autobiographical, but it emotions weren't there in the same way. Like she was singing as if she was disconnected from the situation because likely she was. Yeah. Like there was definitely some drug drug induced disconnect that was occurring there. And then of course her collapse just immediately she wins the award comes out and her life is just gone to heck so bad that what did what did i i wrote down that i thought it was super super interesting that uh carol and two tuesday's highest point was Angela's lowest mm-hmm. as it was them, you know, reaching uh, an apex of their current story. Uh, Angela was like rock bottom in hers. Yeah. Like, it was just heartbreaking. Just seeing her destruction, her having no one to turn to. And yeah, because I mean, you. We talk uh, talk about, like, me and Angela, like, right before singing, it's like, she's just, like, completely, just, like, is it, like, the complete lifeless, lifelessness in her, in her eyes, and, um, oh, I've gotten ahead of myself. <laughs> it's okay. Um, it's just, like, getting the, you know, dying words from her mom. <laughs> Right. Still no real closure around around you know that relationship either. Well that was one of the things that was the most problematic about it, like emotionally. So she finally stood up to her mother and then mother goes comatose and then like immediately just goes like dying words, here's some things. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no no way to grow throughout that, and there was no redemption of Dahlia. Yeah, I mean, treat treating someone as just an outlet of your ambition, and. Uh, like there was a suggested amount of physical abuse um in season one, I think yeah i mean there's there's no closure there, there's no redemption of the Dahlia character uh we ne- the most positive light we got to see Dahlia in was during the rivalry involving Gus, yeah, and that's probably like one of the only positive lights we get to see, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, your dying words of like, but I loved you is like, okay. 
in in I actually think with that being said, the no closure, like I said, no redemption or anything. I don't think it's real mm. in a way too. You don't always get the closure. Well, it's right? true, and it was important for a character not to receive it. Mm-hmm. I think it was important that she, at least for her her story, anyways, and the story writing aspect of this, like it was important for her to experience that and that complete loss so that she could continue um yeah. like the downward sp- spiral that she experienced yeah yeah just to, to go back into the downward spiral so you know going to that song i know you said i actually i found that song really powerful even and i think part of it is because of those things you said that she's so disconnected from it when we've seen her be so into it before it actually really connects her to this song again still because that is her mind state Mm. Um, I I get what you're saying it just didn't seem like like the true version of the song that's fair yeah like like a a really good but kind of offbeat cover of like an emotional ballad hmm it's still still really good, and you can tell that they're feeling something, but like, is it a true representation of what the song is supposed to be? Then again, you also could counter that with saying, like, the song's emotion is in the listeners, the way they perceive it. But, I mean, that's a whole different conversation for a completely different um, environment, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um with that song and then it's actually an interesting thing I a thought that came through my head and then we kind of talked about this before we started recording it'd be interesting to do just a character study of Angela throughout the series mm-hmm. like, as an in-depth thing um, one of the things that entered my mind today and I kind of tried to do it but didn't really get as much opportunity as I wanted to um, I wanted to see how her story is told through like the six or seven songs she has listening to that order how it follows her character and such as well because mm-hmm. i think there could be a lot there be interesting to do i bet you in this day and age if you did a search you could probably find like a like a, a like an essay character study of Angela in that very means from like like a prestigious institution of some sort oh yeah probably yeah (laughs) if if, uh if anyone finds anything like that (laughs) leave it leave it in the comments I would be happy to read through something along those lines yeah Um, so we go to the Then the next episode after her, the hospital montage, like the hospital credits was. Yeah, the change of the credit perfect. structure um, kind of shocked me because like I expected her to pass out and then, you know, 
straight to black and then you know just regular credits that would yeah. move on to the next episode but in this case uh like credits over like the ambulance scene and like in the hospital and then of course they did that for the 23 as well mm-hmm. and that made it even more powerful it's like seeing seeing the world come in and out from angela's yeah. point of view And the song playing over that was actually part of the same song that she was singing in the Grammys. That was mm. the rest of the song. She didn't finish the song there. Oh. She passed out halfway through. Um, so, yeah, that's all one song. Yeah, and I started, I started paying attention to the lyrics, but after she passed out and there was, like, the song playing in the background, like, I was more focused on what was going on. Yeah. Because she wasn't directly singing it. Mm-hmm. I said I, I listen to the I'll just listen to the soundtrack <laughs> mm. uh, as well, which is something I know you haven't been able to do because you know you wanted to get through the series first. <laughs> yeah, definitely um, wanted to experience it in its rawest form before moving yeah. on to it. Yeah, there wasn't actually that much for her in twenty three. There was, there wasn't, there wasn't. So. Um, she's gone. We know she's gone from having like no one there at all. Um, she's convinced she's alone. She's convinced she has no friends, but we get the manager that she let go in season one. Mm-hmm. I actually wrote that like a cute manager. Yeah. Just randomly showed up and I'm like, where you been? Yeah. You're the fr- you're the you're the friend Angela needed. Yeah, well, and, and that's exactly, and that's actually shown really well. Like, you could see her being heartbroken with how, with everything Angela was saying. Mm-hmm. She's saying she has no friends, no one wants her, no one's gonna care if she dies, right? And she, and she's just just, you know, f- you see the how it's affecting the manager and her not having anything to say to snap her out of that mm-hmm. really right right the only reaction that you get is when carol and tuesday come to invite her to sing right and her reaction still just still pushing everyone away mm-hmm. right she is she is so rock bottom they straight up said she was on you know antidepressants and psychoactives yeah <laughs> right like it's I don't think we need it necessarily to see I don't think there would have been able to be much more to show there neatly because we you know you need a breather after the end of the episode previously so you need to see the effects but I don't know how deep you could go into that (laughs) Well, having it directly shown, like, this entire series of events directly shown alongside, like, all the positive aspects that are happening um, with Carol on Tuesday, like, their motivation and their drive uh, compared to the uh, complete opposite in Angela just made what was happening to Angela so much more powerful. Unfortunately, I didn't see it in the reverse. I didn't see that, like enhancing what was going on 
the Carol Tuesday arc. But that could have fully just been my perception, because at this point I was only interested in what was going on with Angela. So I think um, Crystal actually says it very well in, um, in the final episode. It's... I don't think we're supposed to see Angela's story affecting Carolyn Tuesday. Mm. All right. Crystal straight up says it's like, you know, I, I talked about, I talked about seeing this light in the darkness. That's what you guys are. And that's what they need it to be. They need it to just be that consistent, be that hopeful sound. Just to get to, the dark. I said that's <laughs> happening there, right? Crystal just straight up to, Telling Carol and Tuesday the trope that they are in yeah. <laughs> storytelling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. All right. But I think that's why you don't see Angela's story affecting them, mm -hmm. as you said. And, and you've said it pretty much since the beginning. Um, we're not going to see the conflict with Carol and Tuesday. Mm -hmm. They're, that's not their narrative purpose. They are that rock for lack of a better term they're, they're the lighthouse in the storm mm -hmm. and that is what's consistent through them even when we're, we're seeing them struggle it's still just to make sure that light is going i think that's how the stories are affecting each other not i think the girls would have been heartbroken if angela didn't show up I guess we we did get a little bit more about well when when uh, just kind of one last thing about Angela showing up and when she did you could you could see the life had returned to her eyes like the difference between her and even the episode beforehand and of course the episode before that like there was e the same difference uh you could see difference between in like the tale of princess kaguya where uh you had little bamboo versus like princess mode kaguya uh, yeah like the visual difference like you could see the deadening in her eyes yeah but at the end when she had returned like i was actually happy myself yeah like i felt joy that that um that life had returned to her face and you could yeah. like visually see it. So you knew that things though, not all better, uh, that they were okay. Yeah. And she could continue on. So here's an interesting thought. Um, I'm going to go back a little bit into episode 23 afterwards, but, um, you, you talked about, after the fire and mother not hitting the right notes for you. Mm -hmm. Do you think they would have hit better if they reversed the songs? If mother was a Grammy song and after the fire was. Hmm. On a, like a musical emotional note, likely yes. Uh, from a storytelling note, they had to be where they were, but I get what you're saying. That yeah, I th I think they would have hit harder in that order. 
Yeah. Yeah, because honestly, just hit me. It's like we, we've talked in the past about how the songs match. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I wonder if that's almost it, because after the fire is sung before the fire is fully hit. True. And there's almost a pleading sense to mother. Mm-hmm. So. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. <laughs> yeah. Then I, I, I really like the songs, but yeah, no, as I'm just thinking about it from the narrative point, I honestly think it, it would have been more impactful if those two songs were essentially swapped. <laughs> That's a super smart observation. Good job. Thanks. You may pat yourself <laughs> on the back for that one. I like that. <laughs> um, so, uh, yes, a little bit more of the breakdown of, of Angela in episode 23 here first. Um, I mean, she doesn't show up to the funeral. Well, I think she was still unconscious during the funeral. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, I think the big thing is something we talked about with Angela. Like, it was something, again... This is, again, the strength of the series, because it's stuff we talked about right from the beginning with Angela, was you could tell music was something she was actually passionate about. Mm-hmm. And she actually straight up says that. It's like, I had no friends, but singing made me happy. That's why I wanted to get back and sing. The Grammys was my mom's mm. dream. right? But it made me happy. How can I sing anymore? Well, that culminates into the that ending statement of I figured out why I hate your song so much and because it made me realize that um, what I was missing that I could like sing and have fun and yeah. actually enjoy what I was doing. And I I'm actually like, wrote down the full quote. <laughs> it's like, I know why I hated your songs. They made me remember. There you go. That's actually one of the first quotes that I like that I didn't write down because... Mm-hmm. it was powerful and I think that's the thing that's that light that Carol and Tuesday are that's the hope that they bring through it's like even with all of that she realizes maybe it's not bad to remember you know there are things that are good you can actually sing for joy and Mm. and Angela finally found her identity that she's been struggling with the entirety of of it. Um, she just had to lose everything and then lose everything again immediately after and then <laughs> to find herself. Yeah. Well, I, I think... I think Tao helped. I think... Did, did Tao prove himself to be a real boy to you yet? <laughs> no, not really, no. No? No, no. Uh, I mean, he had some... I still turn as to whether or not, because uh, we know he has like a strong moral standing, uh, that he still doesn't understand emotion, and his the uh, the reveal at the end actually makes makes me wonder if his actions were out of a sense of obligation just because of. Um, perceived ties or if there was some connection <laughs> the it was i wouldn't say he's he's a real boy but i 
He's he's not a marionette. Okay. Yeah. He's more so, he's more of whatever whatever you would consider data from Star Trek the next generation. <laughs> <laughs> so I can respect that. I think I disagree with you on it. I think so with that reveal, I, I just consider them brother and like siblings at that point. Yes. Yeah. Essentially they are. Um, I look, we, we kind of touched on this last episode where a lot of this was uh, his attempts to understand emotion. I don't think he actually likes being emotionless. I think he, is trying to grasp the concept oh yeah well that was and, the the purpose of his yeah. research was actively yeah. striving to yeah. yeah yeah and i mean you think about it there's him as soon as he was done his you know grand theft uh grand theft data mm -hmm. <laughs> you know he the next thing you see is him looking at the phone him going to see her, uh, which let's face it, isn't exactly the logical thing to be doing. Oh, can I make a quick point out? Sure. Uh, he stole that data, but he specifically only took the data that uh, he was seeking. Yeah. So there's a very a good implication there that he he knows that there would be a whole lot of other dirty dealings. But because they don't apply to what his current mission was, like he was just ignoring them. Yeah. Because he had a very direct mission. Uh, yeah. How I took that. And then, of course, uh, stole that data. Mm -hmm. um, no. Good way to fight back when you see that stuff happening. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. I mean, I'm glad it wasn't. Uh, jerk face Kyle or whatever. <laughs> Still don't like jerk face Kyle. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, Even after he re pretty much rescued my boy Spencer. <laughs> um, but, um, I, I think he actually like he managed to get through to Angela, even though he had to say goodbye. Had mm -hmm. to leave. Like it, we had the emotionless character be able to hit her emotions properly. <laughs> what's right. what's what's funny here is it took Tell uh, yeah interactions with Tao to teach Angela how to be a real girl. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I think if he wasn't, you know, having to finish up what he was doing to, to bring down Schwartz. Yes. Um, he would have been there in a heartbeat. I honestly got that impression from him. Well, the thing that got me is he kept glancing back to the phone. Yeah. So if he... So this is why it makes me, 
Yeah, you kept uh, glancing back to the phone, and that makes me more inclined to believe it's because he's feeling emotions or connections to Angela. But on the other hand, it really makes me wonder. I still have that sense of feeling that it could be out of obligation, but it's that's basically... Uh, just because of how his character is. So I would say I'm, you know, 60% inclined to believe that it's because he he's learning emotion and connection to Angela through their interactions and from having being have having been blessed by hearing Carol and Tuesday's amazing songs that draw everyone together. Um well, How doesn't come across to me as the person who gives a gives any cares <laughs> an obligation. No, I mean like perceive, perceived obligation based off of like a sib, uh, like a sibling connection. He knows how people are supposed to interact with that, and because he's emotionless, he might specifically do things that were based based off of a a role that that he thinks that he should do so my counter to that is why doesn't he feel that obligation to schwartz who is basically implied to be his his father i would say in that case his his strong moral standing uh would trump that you know schwartz is a bad person and wants his research for bad pro bad reasons so that uh, right. potential familiar familial connection is thrown out the window because he's not actually bound by those ties. I mean, we're just... Uh, yeah. What would be the best term? Logic cra crafting unsaid things in an animated television show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Though, I mean, we've done it a bunch of times. Like, logic crafting is kind of fun, but... yeah. I, I'm just saying, I, that's why I'm 60-40, 60 emotional, 40 like perceived role. Okay. Other role. And I... It wasn't... It wasn't a shark jump, the whole siblings thing, because of course it was end of season. Mm -hmm. And they definitely had been leading up to it. In fact, you specifically said it before this went, when I said adopter, you're like, oh, I thought she was a clone. Of <laughs> course, at that time, I can't, I can't claim my Susma status on that one because I, I thought uh, because Dahlia couldn't have children, Dahlia was cloned. She went okay. to a scientist and cl had, had herself cloned. Um, and then like the so i was truly thinking of angela as being like this tool for dahlia to um achieve her dreams through like that's how dark i went on that okay <laughs> yeah I, I, you said that i'm like crap i can't respond to this <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I mean, it's unfortunate because that kind, I mean, it wasn't a big thing. It was actually quite small, but it, it definitely gave it away. Because mm. I was like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't ex expect the Tau part. Yeah. Or the siblings part. Like, the reveal was over the top. I, I would have preferred Tao coming to Angela's room to have not included that. Mm. To just be straight up uh, walk in and like, I'm actually here for you. Yeah. And this is why I'm not around. Like, it was great that Angela could get closure there, especially after not getting any with Dahlia. Yeah. Well, I mean, as much as as closure as Tao could give, emotionally speaking. That was pretty much the epitome of what Tao could do, and then some. Yeah. I was, I was just, like, watching, like, the, like, her desperate plea to go with him. Mm-hmm. Right? And just that... I don't know. I got the impression it's like, I would love to take you with me, but I can't. It's not. It's going to be worse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like I have to that? wear this really silly looking hat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to lighten the moon. I actually no, no. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the the Angela situation. I had been. It was tough getting emotionally invested into the series itself, mm -hmm. but I know a lot of my chords got struck by this Angela arc. So like this one, actually, whenever Angela would come on a screen, I would like start feeling the the bits as if I was about to become teary eyed, and I was like, mm, Angela, <laughs> Angela, where are you, Tao? <laughs> They just did it so well. Yeah, the second season could have been called Angela instead of Carolyn Tuesday. I am I I am convinced more than ever that the thing that I said the other day is correct. I think that this I really do think that this series was originally about Angela and then some exec or producer came along and was like we want to sell this to an uh, American audience, blah, 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 blah. Let's make these alterations. And then just, like, change the series outright. Yeah, it's... That's yeah. probably why it's stained with a... Like a 13-year-old's understanding of American politics and... Like, doesn't actually make sense in a bunch of ways, but... Oh... I want to go into that a little bit. Like, I, I, I actually got something to click in my head last night on that. Um, I'm not happy with it, but I did get something to click. So, um, we kind of talked about this in um, the season one wrap up, mm -hmm. where, like, we pretty much had the same conversation about 
it could have been the Angela story. And I referenced a lot of the shoujo anime and such things like Utena. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll point that out again because again, I I think it kind of breaks the. Um, I think the tropes do kind of make sense with it always being Carol and Tuesday show. Um, again, in Utena, in Sailor Moon, um, the titular characters aren't the ones that change. Mm-hmm. It's the ones around them that change. Mm-hmm. Right? So even if it's dark, you, you know, be it dark, be it the struggles, it's not, it's generally not their struggles like they're they're there their main plot point but it's not where you're seeing the growth so it is however however if you're thinking like a li- uh, very limited run series mm-hmm. something very short form yeah so my original thought was maybe uh maybe a movie treatment or a short OVA series. Yeah. Uh, specifically about Angela. Tune it down to make it more sell- sellable and more formulaic. And you get Carol Tuesday season two. Yeah. And then uh, completely change it to sell it to uh, like an American demographic. Completely change even the story structure for season two Mm. like one of the things that i i noticed outright was the first season was very very familiar as that um japanese storytelling that you taught me yeah like it's it's very slow slow burn lead up until like a a spike at the end Mm -hmm. whereas like this started peaking mid-season like this was definitely more of uh, American storytelling thing, and it really makes me wonder if um, some exec got on hand and went, "We need to sell this to the the U.S." So I see what you're saying when we look at it into when we completely split it up into the two seasons. Now. With this being two seasons, we always knew it was a a contained story still, right? We we get that just right from the intro. We know at the end of season one, we didn't hit the intro. We didn't hit how they opened season one, talking about Seven Minute Miracle, right? So that's telling me it was planned. So let's take a little bit of a step back. Season one held that that story arc progression pretty much perfectly that each of the three episodes, right. And all kind of happening at the end. If you step back to the whole 24 episodes, it's that same last quarter where everything starts going. So the series as a whole peaked at that last quarter started its peak there. Possibly. I still, I still wonder about that because like, if you think about it from a production standpoint, like you have original mm-hmm. treatment and then you start putting things out, 
It's like, well, how how is it? Uh, and then you get into marketing. Yeah, is kind of the way that I'm thinking about it. Like the the beats and the structure. Like they just didn't make a lot of sense together, and that's why I really do think that there was some some weird weird meddling in the background. Um, I mean, overall, I'm sad that was the seven minutes. I thought it was lackluster. Mm. And I, I really wonder what President Hamilton's, why he would want to shut down that broadcast and why police would be sent there. And to have the people's talking. <laughs> Um, so let's use that, I guess, to segue a little bit into the politics. I don't want to get into the 13 year old impression of American politics, <laughs> as you put it, um, because unfortunately that's very much what it felt like. Oh, that's very much what they're alluding to. <laughs> yeah. But now I'm, with that, go ahead. I'm just like, I, I would kind of like to see a third season. And it's them dealing with the fallout of, I guess, crossing, you know, the current government regime. Um, which was the, yeah, because uh, Hamilton was the returning the president, yeah, the incumbent that Valerie um, was going up against, but Hamilton, like... P police police being part of the state and of course those um rules and laws being set by the state which is being led by hamilton uh i mean on the periphery you would have valerie who was in uh province was it um. it also started with oh. uh herschel province um and herschel city so that's because uh, Valerie was a governor. Yeah. But they're in Alba, and of course, that's where Ezekiel was arrested and deported back to Earth. And then, like, the, mes the message was very, very muddled because, like, they were trying to portray Hamilton as being, like, a pro immigrant person. I'm like, then why are you, why do you have these policies? I don't know. Yeah, they may have. Yeah, I think they. It was missed that mark a little bit. No, and this um. <laughs> this is the, and that's one of the big reasons why I think it was like we need to sell this to a demographic in the United States. So those are the big hallmarks to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I said this before. You could have had these same conflicts with Valerie if she was, you know, um, like a corrupt uh, company CEO or. So I disagree with you on that. Like, and again, this just clicked, clicked for me last night. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they implemented it well. The reason why it couldn't have been a corrupt CEO mm. and was a corrupt 
politicians because, you know, as much as corporations rule the world, everyone likes to think it's the governments that do. Well, I mean, they even so, said that in Carol on Tuesday, and I'm like, yeah. oh, you actually got that right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... The political theme that was running through was the antagonistic force to their, or the counter theme to the theme of togetherness that we've talked throughout the entire series. Mm. The, the well, issue is they didn't thread it throughout the series. It just all came as a big dump. Well, yeah, they, did, they just slapped it on in second season. Mm -hmm. And... It's it's almost like I'm gonna feel bad for saying this. It's like they they took all their mental prowess and creativity and just dumped it into Angela's storyline, <laughs> and then they're just like, yeah, and the rest, I guess, you know, we are the world, and like, oh, here here's the bad politician, and oh yeah, they're like uh, this is why I'm just like. If 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 I was watching this on my own and the Angel Arc was not in this, I would have just stopped watching. I've I just been like, yeah, um, um, wait, yeah. It's, it's that if they just spent a little bit more time building up a bit of that animosity. And there's there's other issues with that animosity too, and it's things like okay, I can understand, you know, the the whole conflict Earth thing. We've kind of talked about how it is a general trope. Mars was colonized forty nine years prior to the series starting. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and the reason I know that is because the date on Dahlia's tombstone is like MCE zero zero four nine. Hmm. And that'd be Mars colonization. So, <laughs> I, I watched the movie. Good. Um. <laughs> so, you know, if they had things like, so little things that could have changed. It, I mean, other than you know making Valerio to be the bad guy, which, as you've clearly stated, this is current President Hamilton's policies, not Valerie's, <laughs> right? For for the artist part, um, and him doing the deportation so yeah clearly that's not just a her policy thing if they had spread it out a little bit more right mm -hmm. just have even just like little flashes of rumblings of there being a conflict right it doesn't need to be the big explosion well i mean just... from from a storytelling standpoint it would have been best if uh it didn't include immigrants at all and it mm -hmm. was more related to um like true politicking in these series we're talking you know um things you'd see in the expanse like trade um like mars feeling like it's being taken advantage of by earth yeah um the, these sort of things when you see like the more it's even sad to say like even get that much more tropey about it yeah by trying to trying to put um some type of 
current overlays over it, I think they lost the message completely. And actually, it took away from the series greatly. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I agree. It's the, yeah, they could have be the, you know, just issues between Earth and Mars and, and, and just have be. it, yeah, and just have it earlier, right? Again, doesn't need to be much. Just like we see those the scrolls, right? Where like I know we've both read and mentioned, like saw the the messages on the scrolls and things. Like just have something there about oh, trade deal with Earth going poorly or something, uh, and maybe, maybe even a little bit of the conflict with the artists stepping out against the political message to lead up to them getting rid of all these artists. Here's a thought. Uh, um. I, I, you'll probably watch this again and of course because uh, I've already pre-ruined Totoro for you <laughs> um, I, I want you to when you watch this again next because you totally will to watch it thinking of Mars as some form of totalitarian dystopia because mm. what, what, are, what are all those messages on the boards they're always positive you're always happy you're always smiling oh wait you're thinking for yourself, President Hamilton's going to send the police to stop your broadcast. Oh, you're, you're criticizing the government? Oh, the, the government's going to, you know, ship you off world or throw you in uh, jail. Yeah, you know, it's... <laughs> I don't disagree with that, though. Like, like I, I actually can very easily see that being what's happening. Again, mm -hmm. I think there could be... I think they could have done a little bit more to to bring it a little bit more to the forefront. Um, and again, still that authenticity versus manufactured, right? Well, like their, their I, authenticity I, is breaking through. I thought that was what was going to save it. Mm -hmm. um, to go back to the original themes, um, I was so hoping that the whole Hamilton versus Valerie was going to be a case of two politicians, one being authentic and one being manufactured. And yeah. for that, um, I mean, you know, I'm happy that uh, Valerie has somehow learned to become a real mom. Yeah. Uh, like, it's clear a lot of those policies she was only going to because she wanted to win, I guess. I mean, that's what they said. You don't actually... Yeah. Um, but I was hoping that... That's the only thing that would have saved the uh, politicking arc for me. Yeah. Aside from just changing it completely. Yeah, I still <laughs> think I, I still think they I still think keeping it political could work. But yeah, just you needed to change how the themes work. You needed to have little introductions of that earlier, um, and I think it would have shone through. And I'm gonna say it again because I know. I know I've said this many times throughout the second wall here. I haven't seen Cowboy Bebop. I do wonder how much of this. Well, I bet you like, Professor what Zeman am I is. There? I bet you Professor Zeman is from Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Um, and the little bit I do know about Cowboy Bebop, actually, fuck, that's what it is. The little bit you mentioned about, the little bit that I can remember about Cowboy Bebop has that space punk feel it is a dystopia 
Yeah. Like fr from the little bits I know of it. I th I think that's Alba City. It's too shiny. It's too sleek. I'm telling you. Yeah. We really should be, we really should put Cowboy Bebop on the second one. <laughs> <laughs> um I just yeah, I, I'm really wondering how much light that would bring to to a few of these things. I guess overall, as a show, I mean, it's far be it from me to actually be like, oh, they should. I'm just saying the things I would have wanted them to do, rather than things they should have done or changed. Like, not so much as uh, you know, do a re-edit and pull out the all the nonsense. I mean, I might suggest a little hours uh, re-edit to make it digestible for you, but <laughs> um, Well, first of all, we're on the internet, so I mean, we're supposed to, you know, rip it apart and make it our own thing. <laughs> No, is that, we don't. Really is that what they, is that what the <laughs> internet's for? Yes, it's not, it's not what I've ever used it for. I don't know. You got to prove you're right, and you know, <laughs> make the story fit what you think it should be. Um, I honestly don't see issues in figuring in what can change a series. Just I like doing it as what's the smallest change you can make without affecting it all, right? And I, and I actually think that's what we kind of did with the political arc. There, it's just like. Change it that little bit. Don't make it so contemporary. Such an obvious proxy. Yeah. Right. You can still keep the politics. Just make it not a thirteen-year-old. Well, it's understanding. Idea of it. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of really good political themes in anime where it doesn't feel heavy-handed. <laughs> I kind of, I do kind of wish it ended at season one, but then I also, I mean, I guess I wouldn't be sad because technically I couldn't be if that was the case. However, uh, I would, I would have been sad that I wouldn't get to experience the Angela arc because yeah. it was the most powerful arc in the show. You know what I thought, felt was missing from the second season was the the sage encounters. Um, I I liked I liked to have people just gently pointing the way for Carol and Tuesday, um, and like gently encouraging them along their path. Well, we did have Desmond. Desmond! <laughs> I hate how Desmond sings, but I enjoy Desmond as a character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Desmond, I think, was the major, was the big sage one. I think... I think it was there, it was just in a very different... I don't think that's the encouragement they necessarily needed in the same way. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, we still get that little bit, like they've got to meet 
a lot of their their mentors it's almost like they kind of they started to become i'm just trying to think how to phrase this um more like they're finding their own way rather than needing to be guided yeah they're they're finding their own way and it's it's working they needed that sage advice in the first one's like you know keep keep what you're doing this is good right mm -hmm. like with skip and crystal at that point there right well i guess they realized to... their authenticity when they played at the Sidonia festival again yeah so that was affirming that that sage advice that they had been receiving mm -hmm. yeah i guess that makes sense yeah and and that's what we get, get so yeah we get the affirmations of that we get and you, you see that again so desmond affirming what they're doing is reaching reaching people crystal uh does that even urtigan the way urtigan is with them compared to how they were how their interactions were in season one right like they i love how trusting gus was with them mm -hmm. just like no you you girls have to write a song yeah <laughs> he's like they'll do it yeah <laughs> like seize the seize the talent so good yeah and he, and he always did, right? Like, see, I, I don't think, I mean, so the encouragement they, they got in this one here was more of that, like, it was, it wasn't as necessarily heartfelt as Skip and Crystal's sage advice in season one, mm -hmm. but they had that encourage that that the tough encouragement mm. from like from toby right it's like no i know you guys can are can get these perfect points and right <laughs> right like love so, love me some toby <laughs> right but but that's the type of push we got instead mm. right to the point where that culminated with an actual compliment <laughs> Yeah, I think they got the push they needed, just it was different. With the with the focus being so heavily on Angela, I'm sad that they couldn't expand on Roddy more. He's the only one that didn't have a history. Mm -hmm. But having been was so integral to the story. It's weird it's weird that they didn't develop. I'm my my other thought besides uh production meddling was um originally being slated for three seasons. A three season arc. And that's why this one was so packed. Yeah, it's cuz there's weird storytelling things that seem rush and Characters that didn't seem as well written as they were in the first season. And from a production standpoint, it doesn't look like they got lazy. There yeah, was a yeah. few episodes where animation quality dropped, but it was clear that they were doing their best. Mm -hmm. They weren't just like, they did something and it caught on and now they're just dropping the ball. It didn't give me that. I, yeah. So yeah, the other thought aside from production melody or meddling was canceled third season. 
where they only got green lighted green lit for two yeah and they had to fit as much of the story into two as possible i could see that i could see like i'm not sure what else they would need to add but i could see it yeah expanding it a little bit more and again that could even go back as i said to like the which yeah, that makes sense because like I'm, I'm thinking like even like big long running ones like you know you know look at or even a shorter series short series trigun mm. i think is is a a good analog for this it's like the first half of the series is very similar to the first half of carol and Tuesday, where it's like here's the characters doing the, what the characters do right you're not really expanding much in the way of overall conflicts and such happening and the second half it oh you just remind me of wolfwood you're a monster <laughs> my boy look what they did to my boy i know right <laughs> you're a monster There goes Devin, ruining Drew's day again. Again. Pretty sure this is like the fourth or fifth time I've done this in released episodes. <laughs> <laughs> this, is my this is my life. Please, this please share. This is what you share. get for introducing me to the little hours. <laughs> please, share, <laughs> please share in the comments and discuss how Devin has ruined your life. <laughs> I mean, with... I don't actually have too much more to say about the season or about it. I guess to wrap up, uh, I liked all the characters as they were, mm -hmm. including Jerkface. This is like season one felt right, like finding that pair of pants that just fits you perfectly. Yeah. Tight in the right places, loose in the right places. Um, season two was kind of like finding finding that shirt you really like and it's on sale and then you bring it home and then you realize there's a stain somewhere weird or a bleach yeah. mark that's how season two was and then i guess season three is like tao's hat should should have never happened no i'm joking <laughs> i would love to see a season three uh yeah uh I, as long as it doesn't involve tao's hat <laughs> yeah I, I think yeah i think yeah expanding it that little bit more <laughs> making the changes getting rid of count that um, that'll save me i'll wear exactly the same thing but the add this hat and no one will recognize me uh -huh. <laughs> um yeah i think giving the the second half of the series a, just a little bit more room to breathe wouldn't even necessarily need to been a whole season, even just another few episodes and just kind of spread out a little bit of the not Angela stuff. <laughs> or like a, a single OVA. Yeah. Or AV. I always forget how they structure it when it's just a... OV. OV. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just a single one of them. Because like you see that all the time in these um, Japanese animated shows. They'll yeah. like do a series and then they'll just like release a movie on the end. Yeah. And that almost how it could have been. Yeah. It overall feelings, a lot of the character, um, the characters, the character development, um that there was like a finger quotations 
uh, redemption arc for you know Valerie that Gus was able to provide where he had failed beforehand like he had yeah. succeeded at something how cutting a few of his strings yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, season two is definitely more powerful emotionally to me, but I'm wondering if that had to be because I, the way it was structured, I just became so attached to Angela, which I didn't expect I would be. Yeah. Which mind you, I originally started like projecting upon Carol, but because they're Carol Tuesday don't really change much with that series. Like, Having a yeah. wandering eye. Yeah. Or like those projections. And like you, you mentioned that um Angela's one of your most well liked characters. Uh a very good friend of mine. Uh, said that uh Angela was one of her favorites as well. Yeah. Well like I can see why. Even if just um speaking of the first season. Mm-hmm. I, I do, I guess my closing uh, point in the end is I think it's silly that the owl alarm clock was at the at the show at the end. What are you talking about? Ziggy's best character. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was let down by this. They, they talk up the miracle seven minutes. And then I feel like they tried to do something powerful or something with it. It just didn't hit the mark for me. But maybe I'm not the dem demo, so. Yeah. I I think. The. I think the seven minutes was. Not awkward and in a closet, after a spin the bottle, but. <laughs> we had just finished such an emotional aspect with Angela. This is where those extra few episodes could have come in to let things breathe a little bit. Yeah, I think so. We have Angela's crash there. Take a few episodes like with sure kind of have Angela's struggles, you know, even if it's just seeing her shut off from the world for a few episodes while they expanded some of the politics stuff that was happening. Mm, to make it make right? sense and not be to, to make it make sense not be feel a bit forced yeah. and then go into that song so it's not immediately after we watched Angela pretty much almost die on the Grammy stage yeah yeah you're there... undo P as, as the youth would say <laughs> if they say that you are correct <laughs> they could have done so... it in two episodes yeah just a couple of more episodes uh, with the, with with the writing teams and um like directing and all that like their their inability to waste space yeah they could have done it in two episodes or a single ov easy yeah and had room for like uh some character expansion for Roddy yeah oh easily Again, they are super efficient with what they've done. So, I mean, yeah, like, uh, Gus has six backstories, but Roddy doesn't get one. Come on. <laughs> um, 
He likes robot. He does like robot. He like yeah. he like big screen. Yeah. <laughs> I, he um, he like Tuesday. <laughs> that would be the soft change I would make to to the series. Just give those couple episodes that little bit of breathing room. So, which would have given the set likely given the seven minutes a bit more impact than it had. And the one hard change that they should have made is I hate that they said will be continued in your mind. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's, that's a demographic thing. It was, it was supposed to resonate with you in a way so that you would. I get exactly what they were trying to do. Yeah. Why did they use mind? Oh, they should have used heart. That would have made so much more sense for Carol on Tuesday. Hard change. Just they fucked that up. <laughs> <laughs> Just replace the word. It bothered me so. It bothered me so much every time I see that. It's like <laughs> telling you, <laughs> producer's hand. <laughs> oh yeah, why don't you just throw this in the end? Sure, sure, sure. Okay. So thanks. Pro you know, probably wrap it up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> thanks for huddling around the second wall with us here tonight. Uh, join us next week as we discuss Princess Mononoke at the Media Club. Uh, please join the conversation in the comments or social media. We want to love to get your thoughts on Carol and Tuesday, especially now that it's the full spoiler-free wrap-ups. <laughs> And uh, yeah, if you uh, think we could be a seven minute miracle, please share us. <laughs>